Hey everyone, welcome to A&D Do ID. Today we are going to discuss infectious disease topic tuberculosis, the big tuberculosis, but we're not going to make it huge because the boards don't care that you know all the nitty gritty, but we are going to cover the big stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are several things that you need to know for tuberculosis, and I think probably the first things first is you have to have an index of suspicion for tuberculosis. I think the boards are probably going to be pretty good at hinting that they want you to think about tuberculosis in the question stem, but really, let's start right from the basics. So the majority of patients who are diagnosed with TB are actually asymptomatic. That's children and adults. If you look at tuberculosis, you have active tuberculosis, which is active pulmonary tuberculosis, and then you have latent tuberculosis. Kind of looking at how you diagnose these is you're using your PPD tests uh, for the most part. There's also the quantiferin uh, gamma and then your T-spot as well. But if you think of it, it's kind of an algorithm, right? Your PPD is your gatekeeper. You use that first. If you have a positive PPD, then you need to get the chest x-ray because that's when you're going to decide if they have active pulmonary tuberculosis or not. So you get your PPD, it's positive. Then you get your chest x-ray. And it's negative. (laughs) Exactly. So what do you have? Latent TB. Latent tuberculosis, exactly. So what are we going to do to treat latent tuberculosis, Ashley? So you actually need like just isoniazid um, and you can do that for nine months. And that's only, if you think about it, only latent TB is treated with one drug. So active TB is always going to be a lot of drugs. Latent can be one. If, if INH isn't working, then you can um, do rifampin for the same amount of time. And remember, INH, uh, isoniazid, the side effect is seizures from B6 deficiency. So if you get like some weird story about a kid coming in and refract refractory seizures who's, you know, someone in the house is, I don't know, on some treatment for a lung problem. That's what they always do. It's some crap like that. That's the INH uh, toxicity. Exactly. All right. So that's your latent tuberculosis. So if we go back to our PPD, we have a positive PPD. And then we have a positive chest x-ray finding with a gone complex. Um, then this is going to be active pulmonary tuberculosis. Can you These... remind me what a gone complex is? Because I haven't taken step, step one in about 100 years. <laughs> uh, it is that nice ca- caseated granuloma, usually in the upper lobe of the lung. Um, which is your centralized area of tuberculosis in the lungs. Thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. These patients are typically going to be uh, have low-grade fevers. They'll have some weight loss, usually a persistent cough, uh, and then even sometimes with hemoptysis. So cough and hemoptysis, you definitely have to keep TB on your differential diagnosis. But... They're, they're also probably going to give you some kind of risk factor in your question stem. So either this child is from an endemic country for tuberculosis, they've been around somebody with active TB, um, or they're an immunocompromised patient. So again, it's important to read your question stem because they're going to guide you where they want you to take this question. The boards, are, again, are not out to trick you. They're going to give you everything you need to answer the question. 
So, and like Ashley alluded to, um, you're usually going to use a four-drug uh, combination. Um, I always remember that as RIPE, R-I-P-E, so rifampin, isoniazid, presenamide, and ethambutol, RIPE. All right, so big, big things again for this. This is a fairly short section, but latent tuberculosis, monotherapy, uh, active tuberculosis, you need to have a positive test plus a chest x-ray finding. You're going to treat that with a uh, three or four drug combination. Um, we remember it as RIPE. Uh, and then other things to think about is tuberculosis can be a, a great mimicker as well. And so that there are some extrapulmonary tuberculosis findings as well. There can be meningitis, uh, adenitis, pleuritis, and then disseminated or miliary TB. Uh, and when we were prepping for this section, uh, Ashley actually taught me a, a very interesting thing that apparently there's a, a pretty classic finding for um, men, tuberculosis meningitis. It may present a specific way. Yeah, with a sixth cranial nerve palsy, which means, if you remember, the sixth cranial nerve is the LR6 and the uh, extraocular movements. So lateral rectus is the LR6, so uh, cranial nerve 6. So you can't move your eye laterally. So your eye will look medially and it kind of like looks down towards the nose and it can't laterally move your eye. So that can be a sign of meningitis from tuberculosis, which is really weird. Fascinating. We yeah. uh, always try and throw in a little bit of clinical stuff when we can. And just so you know, for when you're treating tuberculosis meningitis, it's the same treatment as before, but you actually have to add uh, streptomycin and steroids. So you add the two S's, streptomycin and steroids for meningitis from uh, tuberculosis. All right. Well, I think that's probably all we need to focus on for tuberculosis. So we'll uh, look forward to having you guys listen to our next ID section. <laughs> 